Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are two very special guests who are going to talk a little bit about ministry and ministry opportunities in the Diocese of Orange. We have both uh, Katie Dawson, who is the Director of Parish Evangelization and Faith Formation. Did I get the title correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then Father Albaca, who's the Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And Father, I'm going to ask you if you'd be so kind as to lead us in a brief word of prayer. Thank you, yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you and praise you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his witness of your love in our world. Through his death and resurrection, you have brought us to a new chapter and a new way, a new path that will lead us to your kingdom and back to you. Help us to be faithful to you in this world, to love you and serve you in this world so that we may love you and serve you in the next. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. You use the words to love and serve our Lord, and that's exactly what ministry is all about. Mm-hmm. And we have a day coming up in October, October 12th, I believe, where we're going to have the opportunity to really celebrate ministry. In fact, that's kind of the title, mm-hmm. Diocesan right. Ministry Celebration. So before we get there, because that's going to be an opportunity for everyone in the diocese, everyone who is called to ministry, and that's everyone in the diocese, mm-hmm. to have an opportunity to come on out to the campus here, I want to talk for just a moment about who you are. So let's start with you, Katie. You are the Director of Parish Evangelization and Faith Formation. What is it that you do with that? Because that sounds an awful, awfully similar to the title that Father's got. What do you do? What my title points to is that I work directly with the Directors of Faith Formation, Coordinators of Faith Formation in parishes to make faith formation also an evangelizing process and to foster evangelization at the parish level. Okay, so the evangelization aspect of it is where you're centered in your relationship then with these parish uh, faith formation coordinators. Yeah, the conversation around faith formation for many years now has been about how do we make faith formation programs more impactful and effective, and we've got great clarity about the fact that we have to evangelize children and their families before we deliver catechesis. Well, this goes all the way back to John Paul talking about the new evangelization, which isn't so new anymore, but it's all about evangelizing those who we wouldn't necessarily have thought need evangelizing the people in the pews, and actually we do. That's right. The evangelization of the baptized is the first step in the new evangelization. So we have many who are nominally Catholic, who will claim the identity of Catholic, but um, actually are not worshiping with us on a Sunday or are infrequent visitors to the church. 
and who have become distant from the truths of the faith. And then, Father, Hmm. you are the director for faith formation and evangelization. Parish is not in your title. What does that mean? Well, um, I think Katie's work is uh, a little bit more focused uh, than mine. Uh, She's working with directors uh, in, in the parish and my umbrella is really over, I think, over the entire diocesan church in the sense that uh, I have the responsibility of seeing that the vision of the bishop gets communicated to everyone and every group, every ministry, the priest, the presbyterate, the religious, and so forth, that we are united in our approach to this uh, great enterprise of evangelization. Now, shifting gears for just a moment, we've got this this date coming up, and we have had in our diocese ministry days in the past. This one is different from what has been held in the past. How would you describe this one in comparison to what you've done previously? Diocesan ministry celebration in the past 10-plus uh, years has been focused on providing formation for catechists and others involved in direct ministry, so lectors, Eucharistic ministers, those involved with RCIA. This year, with the opening of the cathedral and um, the throwing open of the campus to the diocese, which coincides with the publication of the strategic plan with its focus on evangelization and faith formation, seemed like a fortuitous moment to utilize that annual event to direct the attention of all the baptized towards mission. So in the past, this has been primarily focused on those who've already been involved in in ministry leadership or catechetical leadership. And this one coming up is really for anybody in the diocese because everyone's called to ministry. That's right. We, we hope to communicate a message that every one of the baptized has a call and has been uh, gifted for that call by the Holy Spirit at their baptism and confirmation, and that we want to respond to that call together. Okay. So this is going to be exciting because we're going to have on a Saturday, which is going to be October 12th, lasting from at least the whole morning, uh, at the very least. That's correct. Although I suspect some of the conversations will go later. But the whole morning is going to be dedicated to empowering everyone in the diocese who is able to get down to the cathedral to empower them in their ministry, even if that ministry has not been formally recognized just yet. It's for everyone. That's correct. Not just those who've been identified. So, Father, let me ask you for a moment. The, the diocese in the last uh, few years has really refocused and recentered itself uh, with a, a great deal of introspection, and the result has been this this plan, yes, this this master plan, which has focused now so much on evangelization. Mm-hmm. How do you see this upcoming event as centered to that? Well, the the strategic plan, and it, it maybe is a little bit easier to understand when you say master plan because most people can. Uh, strategic plan sometimes sounds a little complicated. Something and, out of a risk game or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But but that's what it is. It's a master plan, and it's uh, a way for us to vision forward and be on the same page. And we know this what the expectations are of the bishop 
and the church in, in our time. And I, I would like to say that this is not something uh, particular to the Diocese of Orange, but you see this happening all over the country where there is this movement towards evangelization. To me, this is a sign of the Holy Spirit because uh, oftentimes there are movements or sort of tsunamis that, that flow across the church that were not planned in a sense. They just simply begin to to happen, and this is one of those. We can look back, of course, to uh, especially our Holy Father, St. John Paul II, and all the the teaching he did on evangelization, and maybe we can say certainly that it's bearing fruit now, even after all these years. Uh, too bad it we had to wait so long, I suppose. That well, I don't think we've been waiting. Here. I think we've been working at it slowly, <laughs> and it's we're beginning to see some of the fruit bloom, which is yes, good. Yes, yes. Takes seven years for a tree to put forth its first That's first right. uh, fruits. That's right. And uh, so I think we have arrived at that where we feel confident to take this next step. I'm very, very pleased that um, our bishops want to lead in this, in the sense that um, all three of them in three different languages will be providing this message to us. Of course, we're going to begin with Holy Mass. That's fundamental to me. This is not an add-on, but it's essential to me and to us that Holy Mass be the foundation of that day because that's who we are, and that's where we draw our strength and our, our vision and our direction, really, is from our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. And so now the bishop, as his servant, will now provide details for us as to how we move forward as a church. I, and when we come back, I want to talk uh, more about the details of what that day is going to look like. But continuing for just a moment on the direction that the diocese is going, uh, what is the the hoped goal for the day and where the diocese is going to be better empowered because we've had this day? What is it that you're hoping to accomplish by having a day where we bring all the people together to Remind them and empower them a little bit more about their call to ministry. Well, there certainly are moments where the church must come together, where she must hear and see herself. And this is one of those great moments where the bishop will be surrounded by his people. And for such an important message, it's essential that it happens this way. We have this beautiful campus now of close to 40 acres um, that can accommodate the numbers and the, the people that will will be coming. Um, we have this beautiful new cathedral to worship in and so forth. So for us, it has all come together at a golden moment. And we're very excited because um, we need the bishop to speak to us, and we need for him to lay out for us uh, the plan. And then we know what to do. And that's the way it's always been in Catholicism. Uh, we are with our bishop, and we follow our bishop, and our bishop is the one who shepherds us. So this is sounds like it's almost a, uh, a, a give and take from a spiritual perspective between the bishop and his people this day. So that day is going to be a time where not only will the the bishops, all three of them there that day, will be feeding the people that come and empowering them, but they're actually hoping to receive and empowerment from the people. Sure, sure. And I, I think we have to remember that there was the strategic plan didn't happen yesterday. It was years in preparation, lots of interviewing, lots of people that were brought into the process, not just clergy. Certainly the pastors were all brought in for um, 
to speak to the issues of the day and the the needs and the questions, but not just the pastors, the uh, directors of faith formation, religious, uh, the lay people. So we've had a number of years where this has been happening. Now there is the the given response from the bishop. After all of that information has been brought together, the bishop has studied it, prayed over it, and now the bishop will respond to that. So this is really going to be an embodiment of the term, the source and summit of our faith. In the, the, yes, we yes. start with Mass, and it's mm. going to be both the source through Jesus Christ, but also we're reaching toward the summit. How do we bring Christ to those around us? That's right. And this is an empowerment of the people that are out there. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, I want to make sure that we have a chance to talk a little bit more in detail about what this day is going to entail. And then we were talking just a moment ago about some of the hopes of where this is going to go in the future. Uh, if this is about faith formation, what is the faith we're planning to form? What are the directions we plan to go? Mm-hmm. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Katie Dawson, who is the Director of Parish Faith Formation for our Diocese of Orange, and Father Albaca who is the Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation. We will be right back. Are you planning your summer staycation? Stay cool and enjoy Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel exhibition in the Cathedral Cultural Center on Christ Cathedral Campus. We're conveniently located near exits off the 5, 57, and 22 in Garden Grove, close to Disneyland but with plenty of free parking. Enjoy viewing each of Michelangelo's 34 frescoes in life-size, up-close, never-before-seen perspective. Explore this stunning artwork at your own pace and admire it from close-up that's physically impossible to achieve in the actual Sistine Chapel. Get your tickets now at SistineExhibit.com. Special pricing available for children, college students, military, seniors, and groups of 10 or more. That's SistineExhibit.com. Timory here from Trending with Timory. I have a molecular microbiologist on the show with me, and that's just the tip of the iceberg with regard to his education. He is working one of the leading experts on the abortion breast cancer link. He also will dive with me into the topic of the major sex differences in just every cell of the body between men and women. Make sure to join me for that and more on Trending with Timory this Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific here on Relevant Radio. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Katie Dawson, who is the Director of Parish Faith Formation for the Diocese of Orange, and Father Albaca, who is the Director of Evangelization of Faith Formation. And we've been talking about this upcoming date of October 12th, where we're going to have the Diocesan Ministry Celebration. And we're asking this year to have all the ministers of the diocese come together And it's very important to understand that when we say all the ministers of the diocese, we're talking about all Catholics in the diocese because we're all called to ministry. And we don't always know sometimes the ministry that God has given us, but each one of us is called to ministry, sometimes more formally like an ordained priest, Mm -hmm. sometimes uh, administratively, such as someone who works at the diocesan offices like you, Katie. Uh, Sometimes I get to do some work on college campuses. I see students that often especially some of the millennials that have never been exposed mm-hmm. to Christianity. And while you can't see me on, on the radio, I'm a short, fat old man who 
walks with a cane and has a white beard. And so I'm kind of a, a, a grandfatherly looking type to some of these kids and I'm safe therefore to talk to. And the last questions at the end of class when we've had a class on Christianity and they'll want to know, do you really believe this to be true? Why? Mm-hmm. And it's that why statement that then they really want to know. And it's up to me then to share that, at least for that moment, because it's a blessed moment at that point. There's a kairos mm-hmm. present there. And it's, Important to re- remember that the Holy Spirit is working through each one of us. Each one of us is called, which is why this day is going to be so important. We were talking during the break, Katie, about a statement that Pope Francis made that really touched you. Yeah, well, I um, was doing some research this morning and pulled out uh, Evangelii Gaudium by Pope Francis. And uh, he talks about the church being called to a missionary option. And the the challenges of the day, and I just thought this this particular quote just really jumped out at me. He said, um, if something should rightly disturb us and trouble our consciences, it is the fact that so many of our brothers and sisters are living without the strength, light, and consolation born of friendship with Jesus Christ, without a community of faith to support them, without meaning and a goal in life. And... What this points to is that it is really the mission of those who have that friendship with Jesus Christ to invite others into that relationship. And that is our responsibility as the baptized. So that is uh, one of the themes that we can expect to hear from the bishops um, as we look to the mission of the Diocese of Orange, of the Church in Orange. Okay, let's talk for a moment about the morning of October 12th. When people arrive here, first of all, it starts at 9 o'clock. What time should they roughly get here, though? I take it it's going to probably fill up for a lot of this. So There, there is a registration link on the um, diocesan website at rcbo.org. Okay. So we do ask that people register so that we have some sense of how many people Numbers. are coming. Mm-hmm. So if you all come, but let us know. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Yes, <laughs> okay. please. RSVP. Okay. And then once they get here uh, before 9 and take their places in their pews, what's going to happen next? Well, we're going to have a multilingual mass, celebration of mass with the bishops and many of the priests of the diocese. And we will. it will be beautiful. Um, there'll be choirs singing in three languages, four languages. And we'll, we'll have a beautiful example of the source and summit of our faith of the Mass. So we're going to have Mass, and, and as part of that will be a keynote address by our bishop. So the, the keynote will follow, we'll follow the Mass. The mass. Okay. So, after so it's not going to be a long homily. It's going to be an actual address. That's right. Okay. So there, there will be a normal homily, normal length homily in the context of the Mass. And then, but in the context of evangelization. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, after Mass, there'll be a, a brief break. Um, we have exhibitors out on the plaza and in the, um, in the cultural center across from the cathedral. So there'll be an opportunity to get coffee, drink water, a snack. And then um, there will be three different keynotes by the three different bishops in three different languages. Will these three be going on simultaneously? Simultaneously in three okay. different locations on the cathedral campus. Wow. So Spanish, English, and Vietnamese. Okay. So this is meant to really then empower 
all the people, and you're going to address these three very most important, important is the wrong term, most prevalent languages that are in our, our diocese right now, Spanish, English, and Vietnamese, that we have multiple mm-hmm. languages that are out there. And this then is going to end at about 1230 or so? The entire event will end at 1230. So we'll have a, a 45-minute keynote from each of the three bishops, followed by a 30-minute presentation on implementation by a practitioner. So, for example, Father Al will be one of the presenters following one of the keynotes, and there are two other practitioners who will follow bishop keynotes with the nuts and bolts of the programming and the trainings and the events that we'll be offering in the coming year, the launch of the Emmaus Institute, the um, reestablishment of catechist certification processes, a number of very practical pieces. Well, let's talk for a moment, uh, Father. You're going to be doing one of those uh, follow-up talks. Right. Uh, first yeah. of all, are you going to do yours in English or in Spanish? Uh, I think you're not going to do Vietnamese. No, no, no. I, uh, I can do this in English and, or in Spanish, but we have Father Juan Navarro who's going to do that in Spanish, in Spanish. and okay. Father Vincent Pham in, in Vietnamese. Okay. But I will be doing the English piece. Right. So if I hear you, it'll be easier because me is <laughs> Okay. All right. So <laughs> what kind of thing are you going to be talking about? Let's do a little preview here. Well, um, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, the details of what the bishop will have just finished presenting and, uh, going into detail about evangelization itself, why it's necessary, why a relationship with Christ is necessary, what that looks like, what it means, drawing on scripture to put that in front of the people and to make it, um, user friendly as it were. And then also to um, identify the ways that we're going to try to make that practical, uh, put that into concrete for folks. But the, really the, the call, the general call that uh, this is for all of us. This is something you remember St. Francis de Sales way back, you know, said holiness is for everyone, not just the clergy, not just the religious. And that's the truth of it is, is that we're, we're asking people to come into this relationship with Jesus Christ, which is holiness. And not only the responsibility of then taking that out and, and evangelizing the word we use, but, but really the, the joy of wanting to do that, uh, so that it's not a burden and it's not even a, a, a responsibility in the coarse use of that word, but that this is something I'm going to want to do. I am going to want to share my faith and my experience as a Catholic, my experience and my love for, for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and Jesus uh, in Holy Mass and the Virgin Mary and the saints and so forth and, and um, how that carries me and how I think this is good for you and this is the path for, for all of us to uh, salvation. You had mentioned, Katie, uh, a couple of programs that the diocese is going to use. And when people are coming here, they're coming not just to get a pep talk for going mm-hmm. out and doing more speaking about Jesus. They're going to be equipped as well. What kind of equipping is our diocese going to acquaint our people with? 
Well, we're, we will be offering some trainings for a program called Alpha, which is already present in a number of our, di- of our diocesan parishes. Probably five parishes I know of right now are currently using Alpha. What is Alpha? Which, which is a uh, 10-week, generally 10-week uh, dinner and a movie approach to the deeper questions of life. And the slogan of Alpha is, is there more to life than this? And it begins with the question of, does God exist? And is Jesus really a historical person, and did he really rise from the dead? Questions like that. It's all done in a, in a beautifully produced film series that is just spectacular in its production values. So that is one program that we'll be offering to That sounds tremendously exciting. It sounds like it's, you said alpha, that as in the beginning, so this is kind of an introduction primarily then to who Jesus is and why it is we should take his, the claim that he's God seriously. That's right. And um, Alpha is a great tool in the context that we're in today in the 21st century, which is really a, um, a post-Christian society. We are. That's important for, pe- for Christians to know. Mm-hmm. Right. And many people have lost the narrative of the Christian mm-hmm. story. So when we talk about evangelization in the year 2019, we have to go back to the very beginning, the, the basic questions. We can't just, we're not, we're not having denominational battles over which Christian church is right. We're having basic human questions asked of, does my life have meaning and purpose? And what is that meaning and purpose? And that is really the the starting point for evangelization in many settings. This is exciting to me because as we were talking before the program began, uh, my course of study is primarily on the early church. That's mm-hmm. where I that's where I do my college work. And in that age, there was a similar set of questions that were really being asked. In an age where paganism was beginning to morph into the questions of what is the meaning of life. We've got a, a great political system. What does this all mean? And Christianity comes along to acquaint, well, the meaning of life is about Christ and then living that out. And that's what the church has always been about, has been this is Jesus Christ and this is how you live as a as a human being fully realized in Jesus Christ. But that's been the challenge is that um, in, in this time in history, uh, we have grown up in the church church has been established for centuries and so a lot of times what happens is as we're growing up naturally in the church as catholics uh, there's no organization to it sometimes there's no beginning of where we start first sometimes uh, a household maybe is very very connected to some very intense celebrations during the year our lady of guadalupe or you know but but where where was the foundation for that? Where did it, is that where we start really? And, um, Father Benedict Rochelle told me once, we have to start with Jesus. You, you don't start with the church. You fall in love with Jesus first, and then he teaches you how to love his bride, the church, but not the other way around. When we come back, I want to give you a Benedict Rochelle story that I think is related to that mm. that happened to me when I interviewed him mm. several years ago. Uh, Father Benedict Rochelle, for those of you who don't know, uh, has since passed on to his eternal reward, but was a very popular number of TV shows, yeah. especially through EWTN. 
You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are two very special people, Katie Dawson, who is the Director of Parish Faith Formation for the Diocese of Orange, and Father Albaca, who is the Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation. And we're talking primarily about the Diocesan Ministry Celebration, and I want to come back to a few more of the programs that are going to be um, uh, put forward for people to to be empowered with that day, but then I want to get also into a little bit more about what evangelization really is, because you brought it up, Father. Let's talk about it, Yeah, and we will be right back. Calling Southern California educators. Are you looking for field trip ideas for the 2019-2020 academic year? From now through January 11, 2020, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel Traveling Exhibit will be in Southern California in the Cultural Center on Christ Cathedral Campus in Orange County. Enjoy viewing each of Michelangelo's frescoes in life-size, up-close, never-before-seen perspective. Explore this stunning artwork at your own pace. Get your tickets now. Go to SistineExhibit.com. Special pricing available for groups. Book now before it's too late. Again, that's SistineExhibit.com. And awaken your curiosity to the innovative and unique interpretation of Michelangelo's timeless masterpiece. Wherever people enter the 35-acre Christ Cathedral campus, they are greeted by the splendor of our Catholic faith and nowhere more than by celebrating Sunday Mass in our newly dedicated Christ Cathedral or by touring Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel exhibition. Christ Cathedral Shop, located off the lobby in the Cathedral Cultural Center, offers inspirations of faith, from Catholic cards to crucifixes, mugs to mouse pads, and sacred art to statues of the saints. Visitors can choose from commemorative items and gifts from a wide array of Catholic Bibles, books, and all things Catholic. Make Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove your destination and visit our Christ Cathedral Shop. The shop with something for everyone. Experience Christ Cathedral today. Then share your memories and so much more. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. Today I'm talking with Father Albaca, who is the Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation uh, for the Diocese of Orange and with Katie Dawson, who is the Director for Parish Evangelization of Faith Formation. And we're talking primarily about the Diocesan Ministry Celebration coming up Saturday, October 12th. And Katie, you were mentioning that there is a registration form to fill out for this. Is there money that's involved, or is it just a RSVP type thing? Just an RSVP. This is not a. There's there's no charge to attend the diocesan ministry celebration. And that would be um, through rcbo.com. No dot org. Rcbo.org. And there's a form that just search and it'll be there. That's right. Okay. We were talking at the very end of this, Father Al. You were mentioning Father Benedict Rochelle. Mm-hmm. I'm a convert to the faith, and a couple of years after converting, just a, just a couple, I was interviewing him, and he stopped me in the middle of the interview, because we were talking about why the Bible says this and why the Bible says that, and he stopped me and he said, you know, you're really pretty much right now still a Protestant dressed up in Catholic clothes. <laughs> And it hit me like a two by four. Really, Father, thanks for that. But it was it was life changing. I had the privilege that about four years later of uh, of 
running into him again at a conference up in Fargo, of all places. He had a sore throat, and he needed sucrets. I was going down, so I got him some sucrets, and we were chatting for a moment. And he then asked me, have you changed your wardrobe? <laughs> you remember. It, sound, it sounds like you have. So <laughs> anyway, this was interesting, though, because the reason why I thought about that wasn't just because of Benedict Rochelle, Father Benedict, God rest his soul, hmm. but because, as you're saying, the evangelization of Jesus Christ, it starts with who Jesus is, but it's how we live it out as Catholics. Mm-hmm. And there is a blessed difference in how Catholics approach that evangelization uh, from where other groups might approach it. And that difference is one of of a completeness. It's that faith and follow-through in life. It's not, as we would say, faith alone. It's Mm -hmm. about having that encounter with Jesus Christ. Now, what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. As uh, as a good Protestant minister, Dietrich Bonhoeffer used to say when Jesus calls a person, he calls them come and die, meaning die to yourself mm-hmm. to live for me. Mm-hmm. That's a lived out faith. Mm-hmm. That's the type of evangelism when we were talked about the new evangelization that we were talking about when John Paul was was talking. When we come for this day on the 12th, October 12th, you were mentioning that there were some programs that were going to be made available for people to at least become acquainted with. So they can perhaps have this in their their quiver, so to speak. You were mentioning Alpha. Alpha is a a video and... Dinner and a movie. Dinner and a movie, I think. Okay. Dinner and a movie type of encounter. What else are you going to engage people with in order to move forward? So there are four programs that um, we have featured. Alpha is one. There is another organization, Catholic Christian Outreach, which has a small group Bible study that presents the the um, what is the initial proclamation of the gospel. So very similar in content to Alpha, but a different um, mode of delivery. It's a small group Bible study, and it begins with the kerygma, or the uh, initial proclamation, which is that Jesus Christ has died for you and uh, is with you to strengthen you and brings you into his church and gives you the Holy Spirit and a life with other Christians, with other Catholics. So, so that's kind of the direction of Catholic Christian outreach. Um, that would be generally the kerygma in any mode would communicate those truths. So Catholic Christian outreach, there is also a retreat program called the Light of the World Evangelization Retreat, which is being used in a couple of our parishes currently, um, or a, a version of it. And, um, and then finally, there is a, a, another dinner and a movie program called Discovering Christ, which is a specifically Catholic proclamation of the kerygma that incorporates sacraments and uh, the life of the church into its proclamation. Okay. I think we've got to remember, too, it's not it's not just about life in the church and evangelization and, and bringing others into the church. It's really about my desire, now that I understand how much I am in debt to him, what he did for me and how he loves me and has forgiven me of my sins and wants me in his kingdom, that it really is about also salvation that's leading us somewhere. 
So it's not just to have the kingdom here on this earth, right? But that there is a kingdom coming, and I need to be ready for that. I want to be ready for that. I want eternity. I want Christ forever, not just for a while. So I, I think that needs to be underlined an awful lot, and maybe we don't do that very well. Um, it stays almost on a kind of horizontal. We forget the vertical, which needs to, you know, mix the cross, right? And let's shift gears into that for just a moment. Hmm. We, we we're going. Let's go into a little of uh, why evangelization hmm. for a minute. Our diocese has decided that this is very important and central to the long-range plan, to mm-hmm. to the, the master plan, as I, we were mm-hmm. calling it. And, and I want to get into to the why. Why has that become so important? Is it because it is, it is becoming neglected? Is it because we don't understand it anymore? I know the Pew study that came out not that long ago was yes. a wake-up call for a lot of leaders to say, wait a minute, yes. people who've been raised in the faith still don't know their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's one thing to to say, boy, people don't remember uh, the Ten Commandments like they should have, or they should, or uh, folks are forgetting stories about King David. And but when some when all of a sudden we're confronted with this, that uh, a third only of the church, more or less, believe that the bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus Christ, uh, that is really alarming because that's the heart and foundation of Catholicism. So you're, you're absolutely right that it, it was really a shock, and it underlines uh, where we, we find ourselves today. And I would say, having been director, national director of ecumenism and interreligion for a few years in Washington, D.C., um, this is not altogether particular to the Catholic Church, but this is happening in um, all the churches, Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox, the Protestant uh, churches and so forth. And so there is this, this sense that there needs to be a shift, a sea change here. And for us, uh, it has to do with not only evangelization, that's why our office, um, providentially is evangelization and faith formation because they really do go hand in hand and they need each other. So to, uh, communicate to people and to our people the eternal truths and the essential truths uh, this is paramount to everything. One of the things that I've had a number of conversations about with some of the people that sit in the chairs here and, and talk with me is the secular shift in our society and mm. how the worldview of most people philosophically has become so materialistic. Mm-hmm. Um, people will say, what about science? Science seems to disprove God. And well, Wait a minute, what's science measuring? It's measuring matter. Right. Spirit cannot be seen. Touch, taste, or smell. How do you measure that? You, you can't. Father Spitzer would disagree with that. What you can't, you, you can't prove or disprove. Yes. From science, yes. the matter of God, because because it's it's metaphysics, not physics, that would yes. allow you to do that. Uh, Father Spitzer and I are, are <laughs> he's one of the ones that we we talk to here. And, and the the bottom line though is that our society is so focused on a secular, lived reality that when we talk about there being a spiritual reality that undergirds all of it as so important that it actually is more real than the matter world around us, the material world around us. Mm-hmm. I think that's lost on a number of people, and I think we mm-hmm. get we get caught up in, well, do we really believe this or not, because we're so caught up in a mm-hmm. material 
world. But that, that material reality that people are investing in I like that term. too much is going to go sour. It's like you remember the scripture where take the scroll and eat it, and I ate it, and it was sweet, and then it turned sour in my stomach. In the book of Revelation. Yes. Yeah. And I think there there's some real truth to that, that this this cannot hold people because people are not made for the material world only. They're made for uh, the world to come, which is a spiritual world. And so when we focus only on the material world, we will not be happy. This is a reality, though, for so many of our millennials, for mm-hmm. example. Yes. As we were talking earlier, as Katie, you were saying, quoting our Holy Father in in his lament that so many people are unacquainted with the hope and love of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because it would give them such a purpose in life to be grounded in that reality that there is something beyond this world mm-hmm. that you cannot see, touch, taste, or smell. Mm-hmm. Yet love I can't see, touch, taste, or smell either, but I know it's real. Mm-hmm. And yet I can't measure that the same way you would measure. Right. And I, and I would, in the Diocese of Orange, I can only speak for our diocese, but our churches are full. We have 30 men in uh, formation for priesthood who are college or university level. We have four more that have been received for this new year. Wow. We have a number of others that are already asking for entrance. We have very healthy That's members. after they paid off their college debt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, something. because you can't do it you until that. That's right. <laughs> and then we have um, a healthy number of uh, uh, women that continue to enter into religious life and consecrated life. Um, our confession lines, and I can attest to that, are very long. Uh, we have four or five priests uh, on a Saturday hearing confessions for uh, over an hour and a half. And it's not particular to the parish that I live in. So there is an awful lot of wonderful, wonderful grace that can be seen. But it can be deceptive in this sense that we do know, all of us know, there's a bleeding off of Catholics that's that's happening all the time, and that, that's worrisome. Uh, people go through RCIA and come through uh, kind of a normative conversion experience through, into the church. But what happens later? Do they remain, God willing? But, you know, there probably is some suspicion that some of them get lost again. And so these are the kind of things that we have to be anxious about. I call it a holy anxiety because um, it's not an anxiety that leads to despair, but it's an anxiety that says, look, search, knock, uh, find, and and make sure that um, we're really doing due diligence uh, in our work uh, for the church and as church. It sounds to me like that's then part of the reason why we're having this day open to everybody. Yes. Because in a certain sense, it's easy to lose that that sense of need, mm-hmm. that we have to be able to have relationship with people mm-hmm. and make sure that they stay in relationship with the church. And I am the church. We are the church. So they need to stay in relationship with each one of us. And and I've had some experiences where I've been talking to young adults um, about questions they have about the Catholic faith. They're Catholic. They were baptized in the faith, and but they never really received the faith. And I've had a number of situations where actually young adults were frustrated with the church, and even I might even say angry that why wasn't I taught this? How come no one told me this? It's beautiful. And I want more. I I want to come back to that when we return. We're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio talking to Father Albaca, Director of Evangelization and Faith Formation 
and Katie Dawson, Director of Parish Faith Formation. We're talking about evangelization in the Diocese of Orange and specifically the Diocesan Ministry Celebration coming up. When we come back for our last time, we're going to talk a little bit more, I think, about why that is so important. And I see you had something to say as well, Katie. We will be right back. Mm-hmm. Here's an important message from Deacon Steve Greco of Empowered by the Spirit and Joe Sharippa of 40 Days for Life. 40 Days for Life is making such a huge difference. 40 Days for Life is an international campaign whose goal is to end abortion as we know it. Our approach is one of a peaceful, prayerful, consistent vigil over a 40-day period, community outreach, and fasting. And we're going to be in over 500 cities. It started off as one campaign, and now we've grown to over 500 cities. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for what he is doing to protect the unborn. To find the local 40 Days for Life campaign, you go to 40daysforlife.com and then there'll be a drop down search in my area. Pray for 40 Days for Life. Be part of this very, very important campaign. Thank you, Joe and Deacon Steve. Again, please visit 40daysforlife.com and let your voice be heard. Have you heard music from the tower? So now that you're the young artist for the Box Society, and was Todd also your husband also? He was. He was the tenor young artist, which we laugh at now because, you know, tenor, he says, was 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were all once great tenors. I was a fabulous tenor, and now I'm a mediocre baritone. (laughs) You know, I just, it's tough to get old, you know. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Catch music from the tower with host John Romeri, Saturday nights at 10 on Relevant Radio. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me this week has been Father Al Baca and uh, Katie Dawson. And Father Al and Katie, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to come in and to really invite uh, over the air all the people who want to register to come in on this wonderful day, the Diocesan Ministry Celebration on October 12th. Uh, it's in the morning only, so it's 9 to 12.30 on your Saturday but it's an opportunity to be reminded of the value and tools available to you here in the Diocese of Orange as a minister. And each one of us is called a ministry. So don't miss out on this, those of you who are listening. Uh, you can go to rcbo.org and search for the form, fill it out, and send it in. Katie, we were talking just a little bit ago about that whole value of relationship and something I could tell... That we- there was something you wanted to say. What did you want to add to that? Well, we, we've spoken about the notion, the fact that each of the baptized has a responsibility for the mission of the church. And my experience is that, that uh, sometimes parishioners look to the, the hierarchy, to father, to the staff, to execute the mission of the church, and um, they consider themselves somehow not as responsible and not uh, not capable of taking initiative. So I think when we talk about the mission of the baptized, I want to encourage people to discern what their particular charisms in their life are and what their call to mission might be. And it might be inviting their neighbor for coffee or organizing a neighborhood event or doing something in the workplace. It may have nothing particularly to do with the parish campus, but if they understand themselves to be in a loving relationship with Jesus and 
a relationship that they want to invite other people into, then they should be on mission to find opportunities to share the good news. I think our society is part of what we were talking about last time in this change to a more secular, materialistic society Mm -hmm. with its outlook. I I think that uh, the Catholic Church in some ways did not keep up with that in the sense that we have these parishes where we go to church on Sunday and we all kind of sit together. We will do our normal Catholic calisthenics of standing up and sitting down and kneeling at our appropriate times. Mm -hmm. And then we will leave. We might have a donut afterwards. We might stay and talk for a moment, but then we we go our our Mm -hmm. ways. And it's almost become a social function instead of a genuine engagement of celebration that Jesus Christ is here and coming to us and into us. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think as we look at some an event like this, we're being reminded that all of us are called to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. This is not just the hour in the pew in the morning. That's not Catholicism. Well, and we have a lot to to work with, actually, because we do have a part of the country that is deeply, at least in its roots and its history, religious. And we have Mexico right next to us. We have the Vietnamese who have come in great numbers, the Koreans, that have brought their own dynamism of Catholicism. And, you know, there are simple things like uh, I'll be outside Blessed Sacrament Parish in Westminster and where I reside, and, and there's a young woman riding her bike past the, the church, and she makes the sign of the cross. Or uh, simple things that we can do. Sometimes we think evangelization, we think, you know, uh, real big, complicated uh, ways to approach it, and it it really isn't. That's that's the genius of it, is that when you go to Ruby's or Taco Bell or wherever, why not make the sign of the cross? You do that, and it sends a silent message. You know, uh, you don't even have to say anything. Or when uh, there is somebody right there asking for money, give them a couple of bucks, and you have your rosary hanging. You don't even have to say you're Catholic, but you have self-identified and maybe given hope or a different view of faith and religion to somebody because you stopped and you gave three bucks, two bucks to somebody. So the the ways that we can communicate the faith can be very, very powerful. But there are other ways, too, and this is one of the things that our office is trying to underline is there's some traditional ways of evangelization that were really good that we should never have let go of, and one of those is knocking on doors. Uh, getting to know your neighborhood around the church. We used to use parish senses as an That's excuse right, to do that. exactly. But I remember as a young man before I even uh, was a priest, going door to door with a couple of others, and we went to a house, we knocked on the door, and an elderly gentleman came uh, to the door. He was probably in his late 80s or early 90s. He brought us in. He's Catholic. We talked. And then uh, when we finished, he went to uh, a little cupboard, and then he reached in and he came back with a $10 bill. And I said, uh, would you like us to give that to uh, for the poor? or for?" He says, well, no, I'm giving this to you. Don't you want money? And I said, sir, I said, no. I said, we're not here to, to ask for money. We're here to just visit and say that we care for you. And if there's anything you need, we're here for you. And he began to weep. He weeped uncontrollably and then finally when he contained himself he said this is the first time in my life that the catholic church has knocked on my door and not wanted a donation for something see wow and and that's 
where we're coming from is, um, boy, to build the, a new parish hall or, or to renovate the school building or, that's secondary. That's down the road. But the first thing is just to be with each other as Catholics. I used to train people to go out and, and do door-to-door work uh, for parish census mm-hmm. uh, years ago. And you'd have a lot of people say, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know my faithful enough to do it. And the simple answer is your job is not to be the Catholic answer man when you mm-hmm. go to the door. It's to simply be the mm-hmm. face of Christ, not not the brain of Christ, mm-hmm. and know when to refer out. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I know a priest who would be happy to chat with you about that question you have. Let me go ahead and give you his number, or I can go ahead and take yours, and, and he can get back to you. Sure. And we would be happy to have someone talk to you. Sometimes it's all that's needed that's is right. for someone to know, look, this person who just knocked on my door may not know everything, but they're sure in their faith, and they know where to find it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. important to know. Mm-hmm. And that's something all of us can do, whether we're going door to door or we're at the beauty parlor or we are mm-hmm. uh, in school mm-hmm. or we're just at meals. Right. And and part of this, too, is the virtue so that sometimes it's not directly obs- observable that it's a Catholic moment, but the virtues of being honest, of being trustworthy, of being compassionate and so forth. These are what set people off, too, as followers of the Christ. And people will ask you. Or they will ask why, you know, he's different. What is it about him or her? And it gets tied back then to faith, and then right there the evangelization has begun. Well, and then to to go back and not touch too too much, but to be reminded, we've had so many wounds over the last couple of decades mm-hmm. on that. To have a program like this coming up to remind everybody that, this is not just about priests. This is about everybody mm-hmm. being a minister. Bring that love of Christ mm-hmm. to everyone. Be that minister. Come to this kind of a program to learn how. Well, this you is know, how the church heals. Right. And you know Father Christopher Smith, the rector sure. of the cathedral. And I was with him yesterday, and uh, he was sharing with me that over the weekend they had over 15,000 people at Mass. Wow. That's, Eleven Masses. I was going to say, packed. that's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean... But that's how uh, we're in this beautiful moment with the cathedral, the new cathedral being uh, dedicated and opened. And there's a lot of excitement, really, about what we're doing here on this campus and uh, what we're doing throughout the diocese. And that's what the bishop was hoping for. He wanted Christ Cathedral in particular to be not only the mother church, but also to be a place where people could come, whoever they are, and feel peace feel at rest, and maybe wander into our church and discover Christ. And that's what this day will help bring about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the Diocesan Ministry Celebration, which will be held Saturday, October 12th from 9 to 1230. And in order to take advantage of that, we ask you to register ahead of time. You can do that by going to the Diocesan website, RCBO, Roman Catholic Bishop of Orange, dot org and uh, search but under the search engine that's there for the uh, diocesan ministry celebration. And the form will come up, and you'll be able to fill that out and then attend on that day. It's only the first half of that Saturday anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to attend Mass, to hear our bishops, and to be empowered by uh, some instruction on how to be better ministers for Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Katie, thank you so much. And Father Al, I want to thank you both so much. 
Uh, Katie Dawson is our uh, director for Parish Faith Formation and Evangelization, Evangelization of Faith Formation. That's right. And um, Father Al is the director of Evangelization of Faith Formation for the Diocese at Large. Mm -hmm. Father, would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer? Yes, I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you again, and we thank you for your, your love for us. And we pray that that love that inspires us day to day and moment by moment may be something that we can communicate to those around us, friends, co-workers, the stranger. We pray, Lord, that that fire within us will grow stronger and uh, brighter to comfort not only those that we come into contact with, but to comfort our own hearts, Lord, to give us strength in our own walk and to give us that unbreakable confidence in you. We ask especially that the Mother of God be with us and she protect us in all things. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And could you give us your blessing, Father? May the Lord bless us, protect us, keep us safe. May he give us a beautiful day today, free of all worries. May we cast ourselves and our cares upon him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, I want to say thank you to you, Katie Dawson, and you, Father Albaca, mm-hmm. for coming and sharing with us. The day that's coming up is Diocesan Ministry Celebration Day, October 12th, from 9 to 1230, and register on the Diocesan website. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. If you would like to hear this again after it's been broadcast, you can go to our website at occatholic.com. And at occatholic.com, you can pull up the radio tab, and under the radio tab, You'll see the flagship show, Orange County Catholic Radio, and there we will have it listed on podcasts where it can be downloaded or just listened to from the website. And again, you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will see you again next week.